and we are back live on New Year's Eve. That's the view of Times Square. It is definitely a different sight. Look at the street there, absolutely empty, usually packed with a million plus. But nonetheless, the ball is going to drop. Our socially distanced gathering of frontline workers are so ready for the big moment. Deconstruct, a podcast by The Real Deal, and your source for all things real estate. I'm your host, Isabella Farr, and today we're taking a look back at 2021. Though the world is still grappling with the pandemic, this year looked a little different from last year. COVID vaccines became widely available for adults and children prompting cities and states to reopen bars, restaurants, shops, and offices. The pandemic has also shifted how dealmakers spend money and how they purchase and sell real estate. So let's take a look back at 2021. The U.S. started this year waiting for vaccines. Most capacity restrictions for restaurants, retail stores, and malls were still in place across many cities. Offices were shut, leaving areas like Midtown Manhattan and downtown Los Angeles empty. It wasn't just regular office space that was emptying out. In our January issue, TRD reported on a battered and bruised flex office market. The largest company in the space, Regis, had filed for bankruptcy in the UK and threw more than 100 locations in the US into Chapter 11. Eyes were also on WeWork to see whether the firm could recover from a $3 billion loss in 2020. Also in January, 32 storefronts on Fifth Avenue in New York were vacant, around a quarter of the 119 storefronts on the stretch between 42nd and 59th Streets. Without people coming in to buy things, stores started to fall behind on rent payments, giving up their leases and their storefronts. But it wasn't just stores that were unable to pay rent. At the beginning of the year, cities including New York and Los Angeles still had eviction moratoriums in place, protecting renters from being evicted by landlords in the case that they could not pay rent. A federal eviction moratorium issued by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention was also in place. Landlord groups criticized the moratorium, arguing the rules deprived property owners of income. Progressives in New York and Los Angeles hailed the moratorium and pushed state and city officials to keep it in place for all renters, regardless of their ability to pay rent. However, in August... Eviction moratorium struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court. Landlords can now start collecting rent again, but millions of Americans can also now potentially be thrown out of their homes in the middle of this pandemic. The U.S. Supreme Court struck down the federal eviction moratorium at a time when the federal government was still trying to disperse aid to those who fell behind in rent because of the pandemic. This year also exacerbated institutional investor interest in new real estate trends, like single-family rental homes, studio and production space, and the industrial asset clause. Just look at some of Blackstone's major acquisitions this year. On an episode of Deconstruct, we talked about Blackstone's $6 billion deal to buy Home Partners of America, adding more than 17,000 homes to its portfolio of rentals across the U.S. With more and more Americans moving from big cities like New York and San Francisco to suburban markets and cities like Phoenix, Denver, Charlotte, Atlanta, as well as rising home prices during the pandemic, institutional investors saw single-family rentals become a legitimate asset class this year. Blackstone also spent $3.2 billion to buy WPT Industrial REIT, adding 38 million square feet of distribution and logistics space to its portfolio. 2021 was the year of industrial real estate. With more people at home, more people continued to shop online, 
forcing suppliers to keep more inventory in warehouses. Therefore, they needed more space. At the end of the third quarter, industrial vacancy rates across LA, near two of the country's largest ports, dropped to around 1%, according to Newmark. This year, Blackstone also bought QTS Realty Trust, a data center operator, for more than $10 billion. The number of data centers across the world has doubled since 2016 to 659, according to JLL. This was yet another trend accelerated by the pandemic, given that so many of us were forced to work, shop, and communicate online this year. But not all mergers and acquisitions went through in 2021. In March, the real estate data firm CoStar pulled its $7.3 billion offer to buy CoreLogic, which provides data and information on residential properties. The firm was competing with Stonepoint Capital and Insight Partners to buy CoreLogic. This year was a big year for prop tech in general, which refers to the wide range of technologies and tech startups that affect the real estate industry. PropTech fundraising hit a $9.5 billion record in November. Before that, the record was set in 2019, when investors in venture capital raised $9 million for the industry. A number of prop tech firms and brokerages also went public this year, testing investor appetite for new technology and innovation in the space. This year was also finally the year that WeWork went public. After two very tumultuous years, which saw a failed IPO and the stepping down of founder Adam Newman, the company went public through a SPAC by merging with BoX Acquisition Corp. It also restructured or exited more than 200 of its leases, cutting at least $200 million. In April, Compass, the second largest residential brokerage in the U.S., also went public in New York. But as now public investors have the opportunity to make a bet on that success, I think there are other questions that we, we, we'd love to try to get your, your sense about in terms of the future of this business and, again, this issue of how to value the company. But it quickly lost momentum. By June, the company's share price was down almost 30% compared to its debut price of $20.15. December 19th, the share price was around $9.66. The reason? Some analysts say Compass wasn't all that different from traditional brokerages and didn't offer any real difference in technology. The firm also reported an $100 million loss in the third quarter, from a $13.5 million loss a year ago. And while we're on the subject of residential brokerages, who could forget what happened with Zillow? So, so let's talk about uh, and exiting the, the uh, Zillow homes business and, and the home flipping as we just described it as. Is this a sort of full-scale admission that you should never have gone into that business line uh, in the first place? <sighs> It, it was a really tough but necessary decision. As Deconstruct discussed in a recent episode, Zillow exited its eye-buying business this year. It said it would stop buying up homes and, in connection with the decision, it would lay off 25% of its staff, saying there was too much volatility in the market. Zillow also recorded a $304 million write-down on its inventory and said it expected to record a further write-down at the end of the fourth quarter on homes it was in contract to buy. But by the beginning of December, Zillow was trying to solve its problems, saying it was set to sell close to 18,000 homes at the end of the third quarter. So we can't talk about technology without bringing up the three terms that seem to be on everyone's minds this year, cryptocurrency, NFTs, and the metaverse. On our first ever episode of Deconstruct, we looked at how people were starting to buy real estate with cryptocurrency everywhere from New York to Miami to LA. As cryptocurrency continues to mint millionaires, more people are looking to park that newfound cash in physical real estate. But over the last year, we've also seen people invest more and more in non-physical real estate. 
In March, the first ever virtual home was sold as a non-fungible token, or an NFT, which is a unique unit of data stored on a blockchain. Krista Kim, a digital artist, sold a digitally designed home for 288 Ethereum, around $500,000 at the time. And real estate companies have jumped into the NFT world too. Just last week, Tishman Spire announced it was selling an animated GIF of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree as an NFT. More and more virtual properties are now selling, mostly in the metaverse. Well, what is the metaverse? Should be uh, investors be bullish on it? Metaverse. You've probably started to hear this word being thrown around lately. If you're lost, you're in the right place. Chances are you've already heard of this term. It's a new iteration of the internet, only with virtual worlds, made more famous when Mark Zuckerberg announced he was changing Facebook's name to Meta. And brokers and developers are already getting involved. Two Douglas Elliman luxury brokers in Miami, Oren and Tal Alexander, have already partnered with Metaverse developer Republic Realm to sell property in a master plan community in a virtual world. But with all of this new technology, investors, banks, developers, and homeowners definitely haven't lost their appetite for physical real estate. This year, a condo in New York City sold for $82.5 million. At the same building, Vornado Realty Trust's 220 Park South, two other units sold, one for $75 million and the other for $66 million, rounding out the top three residential sales across the city this year. On the other side of the country, the top residential sale in LA was actually more than New York's top deal this year. Austin Russell, the 26-year-old tech billionaire, bought, bought an $83 million mansion in Pacific Palisades. But Miami swept both L.A. and New York City this year, with the most expensive residential deal clocking in at $122 million for a 21,000-square-foot home in Palm Beach. Banks were also willing to put more money into properties this year. Developer S.L. Green secured a $3 billion refinancing of one Vanderbilt, its 93-story skyscraper in New York City, led by Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs in one of the biggest loans of the year. These were just a few of the biggest deals this year, but The Real Deal will be publishing lists of the top industrial, office, multifamily, residential, retail, and hotel deals across all markets through the end of the year. So this year was definitely a weird one. I mean, we saw the sale of virtual property, but it was still a big one for real estate, filled with new trends and big deals. Deconstruct airs every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen at therealdeal.com. We'd also love to hear what you'd like to hear about in future episodes. So feel free to email us at podcasts at therealdeal.com if you have any ideas you'd like to share, or if you'd like to be featured as a guest on the app. Or if you'd like to... Next week, we're talking to experts about what's in store for 2022. Tune in then.